to After Hours Sessions Podcast. I'm your host, D-Rock, and today I'm joined by an awesome guest. Some of you might know her as Mistress Madison. Others know her as Curves and Chaos, but I'll be calling her Mistress Madison on the show. But this is someone who I'm excited to talk about because just from everyone I've been hearing, there's a buzz about her, and I've been seeing she seems like just an awesome session wrestler and a really cool person to talk to. So I'm excited that she decided to come on the show. But the one and only Mistress Madison, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. No, pleasure is all mine. Pleasure is all mine. So just want to make, you know, start off with the easy pleasantries. How have you been? How's it been with the session wrestling world? We're, you know, coming out of, I think, fingers crossed this pandemic, but how has everything been for you? It's been pretty amazing so far. Um, I have no complaints. <laughs> um, it's been it's been a whirlwind. It's been crazy. I've only been doing it for a few months, but it seems like it's been years already in a good way. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. So, wow, only only a few months in. That's that is really cool. And definitely want to we'll, we'll definitely get to that story of how you got introduced to this, but Wanted to ask, because I know you're kind of like based in the, the Texas area. Is that where you're from originally? No. So I grew up in Iowa, um, and okay. I got out kind of as quickly as I could because <laughs> it, was, it was just way too cold up there. I'm not a winter person. So. Oh, same here. <laughs> so I moved down to Austin, lived in Austin for a couple years, then moved up to the Waco area, did not like it, but was stuck there for eight and a half years. And then I'm back in Austin. Happy. Awesome. Awesome. I hear, you know, I've been to Texas before, but uh, never to the Austin area. I've been to like San Antonio. So I hear Austin is just really just the, the vibe there is just different than what you get in other places in Texas. It is completely different. So cool. No, that's awesome. That is really. So from just seeing your, your profile on Session Girls, seems like you're a really athletic person. And I was wondering, was that always the case for you? Like growing up, were you always in the sports or did that kind of come later? Um. A little bit of both. So I played a lot of different sports in like middle school and high school. Um, and then I started gaining a lot of weight from a medication that I was on. Um, so I kind of quit doing sports altogether, became like a recluse. Mm. <laughs> and <laughs> and it wasn't until I moved down to Texas from Iowa that like I really kind of figured things out, got off all the medication, um, was able to lose a bunch of weight and then um, kind of got my life back. But um, so, yes, I was in sports when I was younger, but I was not always athletic. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Did you have a favorite sport you like had growing up or? I loved gymnastics. Gymnastics and oh, okay. boxing were two of my favorite sports that I did. Um, unfortunately, gymnastics, I, got, I started getting too tall for because all those girls are like 4'11". Right. And I shot up to 5'6". And <laughs> I was almost a foot taller than most of the girls in my gymnastics class. So I was like, you know, I don't think this is going to work out long term. Right. <laughs> so I should probably find something else. 
No, that's awesome. So, okay. So now what gra- made you gravitate toward boxing? Cause I see that you boxed competitively for a few years. I did. Yeah. Um, so in high school I got into a couple fights <laughs> oh, okay. and, um, I actually got expelled from one of the high schools I went to and the guidance counselor suggested to my mom that she put me in something that would allow me to kind of like get out my aggression <laughs> okay and my anger so gotcha. uh we found a boxing gym and i joined and i absolutely loved it but the problem was that there weren't um many females in the area and there were none in my specific gym so every time i sparred i sparred against men um and the only competitive matches i had were with girls that were uh, quite a distance away so i didn't have anyone close by that i could really beat up <laughs> okay so now when you said you got into fights like growing up was that a case of just were you getting picked on or was it just someone said something to you and things escalated like how, it was that? it was definitely bullying issues with the mean girls in high school I think a lot right. of people can relate to that, for but sure. I, uh, I let it go for a long time, but then finally I just, I just got fed up. It was just like, you know what, let's, let's get this over with. Let's <laughs> 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 we'll settle this right now. And yeah. it worked out better for her than it did for me, except I, I mean, I won the fight, but I still got expelled. So. Oh, uh, Okay. Now this is absolutely. Hey, that's, 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 (laughs) that's how we learn. That's how we get, that's how we grow. That's how we grow for sure. Now, was this something where this might be a little bit of a random question, but there's always this thing of, I have conversations with some friends who are into like, you know, different martial arts and combat sports. But do you think like fighters are born like, are you born a fighter or like you can be made a fighter? Like, and I ask you because you did box and you, you know, got into scraps growing up and you, you're in this, even though it's not fighting, but you're in like a physical activity. Do you think that's something that has to be just in you? Like once you're born or like, can that be kind of like taught in you? I feel like it's a little bit of both. Like some of it is just kind of your innate ability. And then some of it is like how you were molded when you grew up. Cause I had an older sister. She was two years older and we, <laughs> we got in fights all the time, not like fist fights, but um, yeah. So I was constantly having to be scrappy when I was younger because she was older and bigger. Um, and I think that kind of just like molded me into a fighter, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> No, that that's 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 the story of a lot of yeah. You have that kind of you just hey you 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 reach that breaking point and you say I'm not going to take this anymore and you kind of you kind of I think go it's back. that survival instinct, right? Like some people just sit there and they kind of play victim and they're like, oh poor me, I'm getting picked on. But then other people are like, you know what? No, like I'm not putting up with this. I'm going to do something about it. No, nah, I and I think it's just. Um, it's interesting because it's something like kind of like therapy or you can't force anyone to do therapy. Like, and not if therapy's not for everyone and some people, you know, physical stuff, like it's not for everyone, but I feel like so many people you can't make them. I wish they did because 
you get like, hey, you get a confidence. It's good for your physical health, mental health. You get more confident, but also like, um, I I had to tell people like, hey, you've never been in a fight before, and you've always had, you know, the the police were always going to come at the right time for you, saying your situation. If you ever were in a dangerous spot, or you never had to deal with certain people, you know, I'm like, and that's great, and that's a blessing. I hope you never have to be in that spot. But I'm like, there's certain people who. They had no choice but to fight. So you yeah. need to be understanding of that. And because I had people who were like kind of judgy when like, oh, like, yeah, you know, because I like to box a little bit back in the day, too, and do things. And, oh, no, so barbaric. Or, and I'm like, no, like you, you don't know people's stories and you've never done it. So just like with everything else is like, don't don't judge when you don't know, you know? Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with that. But no, that's OK. So that's. That is really cool. So getting into, so how did you have any, like, I would say how many boxing matches did you have for your, your, your career? Um, I sparred a lot, but I only got to participate in two tournaments because there just wasn't anyone available and uh, not many girls, not many girls in my weight class. It was just a mixture of different things, but lots of sparring, two actual fights. Gotcha. No. And when what did you say you started to kind of make that, I don't know which one went first, but that transition into getting into bodybuilding? Oh, so bodybuilding didn't come until much later. Um, I was dating a guy for a few years that was really heavy into weightlifting. Um, he could have competed, but he just wasn't interested in that side of it. Um, so I kind of got into lifting because of him and then I kind of just like developed my own love for it. So even after he and I separated, um, it was, it was a rough time in life and I just kind of threw my focus into the gym and it really helped me get through that. Wow. So it kind of was like a natural thing for you. Just, just started lifting and kind of just fit perfectly for you or was it kind of an adjustment period no it fit perfectly my my body type lends itself well to building muscle so um i was strong initially just you know just from playing sports and stuff in school but um i gained a lot more muscle than most women would in a very short amount of time so it was uh it was a little more fun because I could, I could, I could see the results quicker. <laughs> right, right, which is huge. Which is so, and because this is like audio, maybe those who haven't seen you, what would you say? Because I've been looking up and having conversations with people, and I know I've looked at it from the men's point of view, but started doing more recently with the women's point of view, like the body type that you have and what body types are kind of. I mean, I think you could do any body type is definitely for bodybuilding or weightlifting. But what are like some of like the body types that kind of are more naturally like go hand in hand with lifting weights as opposed to others? Um, I know there's like actual scientific terminology for it, like mesomorph and, and endomorph or whatever the different like specific body types are. But me, I'm like, I'm not tall, but I'm not short. And I'm just more dense. Like, I'm right. naturally 
bigger on the bottom, like my, my legs and my glutes. And I don't know. It just something about my, what I do have to watch out for is I also gain fat really easily. So there's obviously a downfall to it. Right. But, um, but yeah, so that's just kind of always how I've been a little bit stronger than average for a girl. Um, my legs are definitely stronger than half the guys in the gyms that I go to. <laughs> that's awesome. That's really cool. And cause you said you're five, six. Yeah. So that, yeah. So that, that also, yeah. Cause you, like you said, it's not shorter. It's above average, but it's not really tall. And cause I'm kind of in the same boat, but as a, as a man where, you know, about like five ten, but always have been just naturally like, I like the word you use, dense. I was going to say thick, but I've, I might <laughs> I might steal that from you and start saying dense because I'm like I'm like, I'm like I'll just go around. I'm naturally thicker, but like I like dense. Dense sounds a little more sophisticated and scientific, a little bit better. So I'm gonna start. I'm gonna steal that from you if you don't mind. <laughs> but I'm I'm also naturally more dense, and yeah, it does because I kind of just see like so many. I'm not someone who picks things up like. Like you, like you have to show me multiple times, you know, before it kind of clicks. But lifting weights for me is one of those few things that, like you said, it just kind of it just goes hand in hand, and you you see the results quick. And it's like I would lift with guys who they do it way more consistently than I did, but very quickly I'm right there with them and getting those results. Like, and they're like, "Man, I've been doing this for X amount of time, and you're already doing this," and it kind of just goes. So I. I, I, I'm with you on that. I, I feel the same way. Just that, that dense body type, it, it goes pretty hand in hand with it. But like you said, also gaining fat easy too. It's, it's, it's a double-edged sword. Yep. It sure is. So now that, now do you do just, was it just bodybuilding or do you do powerlifting or? I never got into powerlifting because, um, degenerative joint disease runs in my family oh okay so like my mom is not that old but she's already had both of her hips replaced um and my knees are not that great so i just don't want to make it worse (laughs) absolutely (laughs) any quicker than it needs to be (laughs) no i and i feel like i don't know powerlifting has just never been my thing no that that makes because it's the truth. Um, you don't realize that. Same with like running too, but like power, like how like it, it's awesome. Like, and I I really gravitated towards that. Like just lift, like putting up high numbers of like weight that you're lifting, but like the wear and tear it does on your body and like it, it, it you know it hits you, especially down the road. Like it it can do a lot of damage, and I had to adjust to where you know. Same. I I wanted to be able to like walk a mile when I hit my forties or fifty, you know, and not yeah. be in pain. So it's 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 definitely yeah. It's it's cool for those who love it, but it is an adjustment. And I think if you get into it, you don't want to go go for too long because uh, it'll definitely catch up with you later on. Yeah, and I think a lot of unfortunately, I think a lot of the powerlifters don't really take into consideration the long term effects on their joints and their body. 
Because mm-hmm. um, they just look at the short term. They're like, man, I'm really freaking strong. I can win all these competitions. But it's like, okay, but what about 10 years from now when you it, you struggle to get out of bed because your knees are shot, you know? Right. So I just don't, I don't want to get, <laughs> I don't want to get to that point. <laughs> no, no, because, um, and I still love it. Like always, I probably always will, but I, I grew up just watching like World Strongest Man. Yes. Oh, you know, and like seeing all these guys competing on it, and you know, like I was like, oh man, like, I want to, I want to do that. Like they're moving planes and the Atlas Stones, and I'm like, that'd be so cool. Especially, you know, like, like I said, I was, I'll use your term again, dense, and I'm like, that fits, like, because I couldn't, like, I, I right away when I was, by the time I was six years old, I'm like, yeah, the fastest kid in, in the class, I'm not catching them. I'm like, I know that. <laughs> So I'm like, I gotta, I gotta turn my my efforts other. I'm like, you, they're they're gonna win every time. Yeah. But like, I would watch that. But then hearing different people, even like hearing from like Mark Mark Bell or different, like Mark Henry would talk about it and like how hard it was for them to like roll out of bed mm-hmm. and just like like just to, you carry so much mass. And those yeah. are the things that like you don't think about. Like Mark Bell saying like his wife had to help him like tie his shoes, and I was like, oh. Like I did, I didn't think about that part. I just saw you're you're benching six hundred pounds, and that's awesome. But yeah, you don't think long term like that. And I don't think they like the uh, world's strongest men and powerlifters that compete really heavily like that. I don't think they usually live very long. Yeah. Like I want to say, seeing them die in like their fifties and sixties is pretty common. Yeah, and and I've honestly wondered about because. You know, um, like Mark Henry, for example, he was someone I he's probably the first one. I I saw him in the Olympics back in the 90s and I got into it from seeing him. And like he's an athlete, like he's not he's he was heavy. He's lost a lot of weight recently, but he was heavy. But like he was, you know, six, three, four hundred pounds, but could like dunk a basketball and could run like a, a, a 10 minute mile and stuff. So like he was an athlete, but it does just. And part of me doesn't know is it how much of it is the lifting of the weight or a lot of them on that level are so physically like they're already like six, three to six, six and so physically big, like don't, but like, I see the same too. Like they don't last, they don't live very long. And yeah, you know, it's, um, it's something same with like NFL, like line, I don't know if you're a football fan, but like linemen like offensive linemen in the nfl a lot of them like once they're done playing have to like get on that like a big like calorie like deficiency kind of like diet because they they kind of had to eat so many calories to stay you know big to block other 300 pound men and like they kind of were force feeding themselves through all those years and same with like power lifters so it, it can't be good for you long term yeah, it just puts a lot of extra strain on like your heart and everything. But that's so. Have you found a good balance? Because I I see like, and I don't know what the heaviest you've lifted so far for like a lift. I'm a big lift and carry fan in sessions, and a lot of times like you don't see 180 as like all right. That's like the limit. A lot of times it's lower. So obviously, like you're incredibly strong. So have you kind of found that right balance of, you know, you're doing what's right for you so you can live long-term, but not losing so much of your strength? Kind of. So the pandemic has been really rough as is, you know, a lot of people is 
it's been rough for them, but um, I've put on some weight during uh, the pandemic just because like my routine was absolutely completely flopped. I still work full time outside of doing sessions, but um, I started working remotely, so I wasn't physically going to the office every day. And it just I'm a very routine oriented person and having that just completely flopped (laughs) was really rough but um I also have like some spinal issues and so that's why my lift and carry obviously I can lift a lot more than 180 right but I capped it at that because um first of all my chiropractor told me to stop doing squats and most of lift and carry is pretty much squats and I don't want to make my um, my spinal issues worse. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I think it's still and and you know, a. I appreciate you sharing because a lot of, including myself, it's been hard. Um, like you said, I'm going to use that word again. I love it. Dense, like naturally dense. So like, and just with everything, especially when the pandemic first happened and everything shut down and yes, that was you, the worst, you know? So then like your routine is thrown off for like going to the gym, but then also there's the mental health because, you know, even still now we, we don't know the effects of what's real, but like so many things were changing and, and you can't do this or, you know, that and all this stuff. So like, it was also the mental health that wore on everyone as well. So like, I appreciate you sharing that because you know, it's, it's a good message to be like, Hey, it's okay. If you did gain weight during this pandemic, like I did, because a weight gain is okay. Like our bodies are going to do that, but B it it was a stressful in such an unusual time that no one could have planned for. Right. So I, I, before the pandemic, I was so good about meal prepping and I rarely ever like cheated on my meal plan and stuff. And when everything shut down, gym shut down, I was like, well, the world's ending. So I can have that cereal and that ice cream and that pizza now. Yeah. So it's hard to, once you get into that mindset of like, treat yourself, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's hard to get back out of that. (laughs) No, it really is. It's so hard. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a weird balance that I'm, I'm trying to figure out too, if it's like, if you do like cheat days or like a weekend or whatever, but then you, to me, it's like, I still have to, cause a cheat weekend will go to be a cheat, a cheat couple of weeks really quick. Like, yep. So it's still like having to watch it, even if you're cheating, like it, it's, it's, it's a lot like trying to find that balance and, and not let it like also mentally just like strain and control you. For sure. It's yeah. tough. Now, you just said that you were a routine oriented person. So, and I see that you're like traveling like a lot, which is awesome. Like you for like sessions, like going across like different parts of the country. How is that balance of like, you know, you, you having to travel and take flights and go to different, you know, different places to sleep, but still like counteracting that with you like your routine. Like how has that adjustment been for you? Um, it's kind of been all over the place. Um, I try to plan ahead as much as possible. Um, so I will bring like half my meals with me 
just pre-prepped just so I'm not eating out like the whole time that I'm gone. Mm. But um yeah, it's it's been it's been an adjustment. I can imagine. Yeah, for sure. It's uh Cuz you can't you... there is no routine with it. <laughs> right, right. That's what I was wondering like it's when you're out going all over the country, I'm like I you know, and I'm I'm someone routine helps. I like but I'm I'm very scattered. So it's it's it, sometimes I look at that and I'm like, "Oh, there's parts of it that kind of could fit me cuz it's just that impulsivity and just go 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 but uh yeah i i i can imagine it being tough for someone who's very routine oriented but i think that's awesome though okay we'll all we'll all get our routines back once things fully go back to normal yeah no for sure so let me ask you then, how did you kind of get introduced to this world of fetish kink, you know, session wrestling? So I guess it was about a year and a half ago. Um, I was um, consistently posting like gym pictures and videos and stuff from my lifting on my, maybe it was two years ago now, because a year and a half would have been right before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I guess it was two years ago, but anyway, so I was consistently posting gym pictures and stuff on my personal Instagram. And one of my followers reached out and asked if I did sessions. He just phrased it just like that. Do you do sessions? And I was like, (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Like, I've never heard of that. What? Like, please explain. And so he sent me the Session Girls website and I kind of poked around a little bit and I don't know what my situation was at the time. Like, I don't know if I was in a relationship or I don't know, but um, I kind of blew it off at the time because I was like, "Ah, I don't think that's for me. Like that seems out of my realm of skills. (laughs) 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 <laughs> so I I kind of put it on the back burner, didn't really think much about it. And then um, in January, one of my, uh, oh, so December, I created an OnlyFans because I got rear-ended in a car accident. Oh. And because there was a pending um, personal injury case, I could not post my gym pictures on my Instagram anymore. So... Um, I created the OnlyFans just so I could have a place to still post gym pictures and lifting videos and stuff like that. And one of the subscribers reached out in January and we were kind of talking back and forth and he brought up sessions too. And I was like, you know, there's a second person that's mentioned that, like, maybe I should reconsider And so I talked to him a little bit more about it and I asked more questions. And what I didn't mention was the first guy was a little bit creepy about his approach. Oh, okay. (laughs) So (laughs) that was another part of the reason that I was like, "Uh, I don't know. But the second guy was (laughs) not creepy at all. And uh, he gave me some very helpful information. So um, the second one is really what made me create the profile and I I literally did like the same day that he and I were talking about it I created the profile and it was a Friday 
and it got approved and went live on the site on Monday. And my first session weekend was Houston the following weekend. Wow. That's quick. Yeah. And there is pretty much been like going, going, going since then. Wow. So what, what led you to kind of just, did you have any apprehension, any like nerves, especially it being so like such a quick turnaround? Like what led you to just kind of say, all right, let's just keep going. Um, so my apprehension at first was like, well, I don't have any wrestling experience. Like I've never wrestled in my life. Um, right. I don't know what I'm doing. And um, the guy, my subscriber that I was talking to was kind of like, you know, most of the girls don't have any formal training. It's just kind of like picking things up as you go. And really it's mostly like the body type and the personality that people are looking for. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm a pretty personable person. So I was like, you know, I'll give it a try at the most. Like I'll do it for a couple months. And if it's not working out or if I don't like it, then I just won't do it anymore. But it just exploded and it was really fun. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think I'm going to keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So now um, were you, would you say before getting into this, were you kind of more on like the vanilla side or did you have a curiosity in the past, like about like whether it's kink or fetish or BDSM or anything like that, or would you say you were kind of more vanilla before you got into this? Um, there was always that curiosity. Um, I don't think I've ever really been like plain vanilla. Right. So, um, it was really just, it needed to be the right timing in my life. Because there's there's obviously not, like, a lot of men that are okay with their significant other doing this kind of thing. So, um, it just happened that January I was single, didn't have any real commitments. So, um, the timing was just right to start. Wow. Okay. And I think that's huge, too, like, because you summed it up great and like from talking to like past guests like it really is like which i think is awesome about this is like it's all different types of body types so it's like diverse body types and that that personality is is really cool and really helpful like it's the truth like that's what people look for i mean somewhat like some people with like the bjj background so there's something for everybody but Mm -hmm. i think yeah the body types and like personalities are like the two big things yeah, definitely. No, so now did you kind of have to like did you talk did you talk to someone to kind of get more like like knowledge of how like, you know, session wrestling industry works or did you watch videos or read something? Like how did you kind of like start picking up knowledge about this, especially it being so recent? Um, I did read some of the forums um, I didn't, in, in, very, in the very beginning, I didn't feel comfortable reaching out to any of the other session girls just because I was like, this is a business for them. I don't want to feel like I'm inconveniencing them by asking questions. So there was a lot of stuff that I kind of just learned from, uh, trial and error. But, um, eventually I did connect with Skylar Renee mm-hmm. 
And she's been super helpful just answering some of the, the like little questions that I have, like, how do other girls do this? Cause I, she's been in it way longer. So, um, sometimes I'm just not sure how to handle certain situations. So she's been helpful with that kind of stuff. And then since I went to the session girls seminar in Tampa yeah, a couple weeks ago, um, that was great because I was able to meet a lot of the other girls and kind of connect with them. So now I have that resource as well. No, that's all I saw on, well, I was on Instagram cause I had Jen Thomas. We, I interviewed her for the podcast right before she was going down for it. And so I was looking, you know, I saw on Instagram and I saw you there. I'm like, Oh, that's really cool that you were there. And were cause that seems like, it's really awesome. And like, something that I, you know, been talking to people about wanting to have more of like for session wrestlers and for like guys who want to get involved in it or like and help out or guys who are just fans, but seminars to kind of talk about certain things and connect with other people and how to grow and how to, you know, be respectful about certain things. So I, I thought it was really cool that you were there and I'm glad it was a a great resource for you. It absolutely was. It's just, it's nice to not feel alone because this business, since it is kind of taboo and it's in the fetish industry, um, it's easy to feel like you can't connect with regular people about it because it's not like I can just like call up my best friend and be like, Hey, so this happened. <laughs> right. And it's, it's nice to be able to, realize that all the other girls are going through or have gone through pretty much the same thing. So we all kind of are connected on that level. No, that's awesome. And and that's what I was saying to Jen, like even those like who are maybe not in it, like they're vanilla, but like are empathetic. That's cool, but they still don't know what it's like. Like they're not in your shoes. Right, Like, they don't know. So it is cool to have people who, like, yeah, I've been in a spot similar, or I know what it's like to be, to go through what you're going through. It's always cool to have that. And like you said, not feel alone. Yeah. No. So now, has there been some types of sessions that you've, like, I know it's only been, what, five, six months. But, like, are there some that, like, you've kind of gravitated toward that you like more? Um... I love the scissor hold sessions um, and also ball busting is one thing that is extremely fun that I never, <laughs> <laughs> obviously I never like did that before starting sessions, but man, those are some of the, the most fun sessions that I have is the, the scissor hold and the ball busting ones and just kind of Dom in general, because I, I tend to be more naturally submissive in my personal life. So it's, it's fun to switch that up and um, kind of experience it from the other side. Was that a hard transition? Like being like more submissive in personal life? Was it hard to kind of, to get there to, to be dominant in this industry or like, did it kind of fit naturally for you? Um, some of the sessions kind of just fit naturally. It's just like you have to kind of like change your mindset. And it's just like, even though society tells you that as a female, you're supposed to be like, 
um, demure and sweet and innocent. But in sessions, you can just be a total bitch and people are paying you for it. That's what yeah. they want. No. <laughs> now, was that yeah. kind of like, so like, take me to like, like your first time. So you said it was Houston. Like your first time doing a session. Was, was there like a holy shit moment where you're like, holy shit, like I can do this and someone's like paying, like, like, did you do something? Like, I don't know if it was a ball busting or whatever the case. Where like you're like wow like this is really like this is the real deal like people people want like they like this they want to pay me to do this like did you kind of have that kind of moment? Yes, uh, my very first session was an absolute disaster, um, but oh, wow. my second session was a um, like one sided boxing or like belly punching, mm-hmm. and that one was so fun. And I had that aha moment during that one. I'm like, I, I just got paid to basically do cardio and like punch some dude in the stomach as hard as I could. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so it kind of just took off for you from the, like, you were like, I'm, I'm in. Yes. <laughs> yep. After that, I was like, I can totally do this. Like, yep. No, that's now. <laughs> <laughs> So how is it hard? Because like you said, you have your your nine to five job, but I see that you travel a lot. So has it been hard to like kind of like schedule and and like make sure like because you don't want to like obviously burn out or get too tired for what you have to do like during the day, like nine to five. But how has that been kind of because you seem to be traveling a lot, which is really cool. Yeah, it's been um, that's been an adjustment too. Um it's nice being able to travel because I missed that last year. I had like four vacations that were all canceled because of COVID. And um, so I get to, I get to travel again, which is great. Um, And I'm going to some cities that uh, obviously I've never been to, but some that I never even thought of going to like Philadelphia. (laughs) Uh, That's where I'm from. (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) Well, that one was like never on my bucket list, but (laughs) Did you at least have a, did you have a decent time? Was it not, I don't, you know. I did. It was fun. It was fun. I'm not big into history. So I think that's why, like, I was never like, I need to go see the Liberty Bell. No, no, no. I'm (laughs) I'm from here. I don't really care to see it. (laughs) So I'm with you. I'm with you. But yeah, so with my regular job, um, I usually just bring my work laptop with me. And sometimes I end up working on the planes. Um, But other than that, I just work in between sessions. Um, So it's, it's been a little bit tricky sometimes, but um, I've been making it work so far. Uh, Unfortunately, I have to start going back into the office next week. Um, But we are still going to be able to work remotely part of the week. So that'll be nice. Okay. And still make it work. Awesome. No, for sure. Now, I also, I saw you recently post about you did the video. I don't know, was that with Grappling Gals or I forget who the company was. Um, Yes, I did the video with Grappling Girls in uh, Tampa or near Tampa. And was that, was that your first clip kind of being a part of? Um, No. So I've done video with All Star Smother out of Dallas 
And that one was my first. And then Grappling Girls was my second. Okay. Now, is that something that maybe you're thinking about for the future? Like um, starting your own clips for sale? Possibly. Um, I don't really particularly care for the platform on clips for sale. I think it's kind of not very user friendly. Mm -hmm. But um, I definitely would consider um, maybe just creating my own website and selling them there. I don't know. No, that'd be awesome. That's really cool. That's something that you've kind of grown to like really really enjoy doing like like giving those because I don't know if you that was something that you kind of thought about like oh I would be like 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 when you got into this I don't know if you thought like yeah that's like video works part of it but it it is kind of like something that's really cool like so I don't know if that's something that like it's kind of like yeah kind of like that you could see yourself really enjoying in the future um definitely I definitely plan to do more of it in the future uh when I started I was um, getting some emails from production companies that were wanting me to work with them. But um, in the beginning, I kind of like shied away from it because I was like, well, I'm brand new at this. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> 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 I don't know how good this video is going to be. But <laughs> the more comfortable I get with it, um, the more open I am to doing it more often. Awesome. Okay. No. So what's been one of the, I guess let's do a pro and con. So what's been one of the nice surprises that you didn't expect uh, since you've been doing like session wrestling and what's been one of like the negatives that you didn't see coming during session wrestling? Um, it's really been mostly positives. Um, I just really wasn't expecting, um, the, the number of people I guess that I've had like interested. Um, it's really been fascinating and I didn't expect it to take off as quick as it did, but I started getting requests for travel immediately. And so I kind of figured from the beginning, I was like, okay, well I need to make a plan for this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess the only negatives are, um, time wasters, obviously. Mm -hmm. I think that is probably the biggest complaint for all the girls. Um, and really there's not, there's not many negatives other than that. So that's, no, that's really, I'm glad to hear that. That is really awesome. Now, one thing that I kind of, and I've talked to a couple of people, but, um, in the past about it, but the, cause I saw on like your session girls page about like people like can request like certain types of gear and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, is that something I always kind of wondered whether it's through like clips or through a session, like what goes into like picking, like, cause you want your style and you also want what you're comfortable in. So what's that like process of getting into like, what you want to like wear for a session or for a video because to me that's like i'm someone who is like that visual person and a lot of times like i'll look at like a session wrestler and she's in like a certain like bathing suit or something and i'm like oh that's really like cool it catches like the eye 
So I always kind of wonder, like, what's like the the process for like you of like what you pick or like what you offer for a, a client to pick? So it's different whether it's a regular session or a production company. Usually production company, I'll just ask them what they want me to bring for it. Um, there are some things that I'm not real comfortable wearing for video, but um, other than that, sessions, if they don't if they don't request something specific, then I just kind of default to leggings and like a sports bra or a tank top or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously they can request whatever they want. I can still turn it down, but <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's the key. <laughs> <laughs> but I give them that option. No, that's the that's huge because it's um you know, I always kind of wondered because I'm like I know it's a difference for the videos, difference for sessions, but also I'm like you also have to be comfortable cuz whatever the different type of session that you're going to be doing with someone, like you you want to be able to be comfortable in that as well. So I'm always like, yeah, what's that? that balance and it, it seems like certain people more than others like get into it more and will throw that out and offer it more than others like so I always kind of like wonder because that's always like a fascinating thing for, for me like it definitely also depends on what type of session it is because um, there's there's some things I'll wear if it's like not a very physical session but then if they want semi-competitive wrestling then I, I won't wear anything that, I mean, it's, there's just more potential for exposing and I have a lot of piercings, so I have to take that into consideration. Wow. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And has this kind of, um, would you say like, is it, it's cause it is both. It's, it's a, it's in the kink, you know, in that BDSM, so there is like a sensual side to it. And is that something that's like natural for you? Is it harder to like kind of get there? Like how was that? Like, cause there's, there's boundaries, there's no like sex or anything, but it is sensual at times. So like, is that something that was like kind of harder or is it more like of a natural thing for you? Um, Usually it's pretty natural. It helps me to know exactly what they're looking for ahead of time so that I can kind of like prepare and make like a mental game plan, I guess. But, um, but yeah, it hasn't, there's not really, I don't know. That's, that's a tricky question. <laughs> no, I got <laughs> I you know it because it, it's always fascinating to me because it, it's 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 like a which I think I think so many like of the the women who do this it's 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 awesome where there is like that that you're walking like that tightrope kind of of like it is like those boundaries it's 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 not like sex or anything or any release but there is like a central, you know, like there is a central part to that person who's coming to see you, but it's still like that tightrope. You know, you know what I'm saying? I always yeah. find, I always think like it's, it's awesome. Cause like, I see so many who like, whether I watch a video or like doing a session, I'm like, yeah, like they, they walk the tightrope where it's central, but I never was like, 
uh-oh, are we going to, is he going to go to this place that I didn't think? And, you know, like, I'm never like, whoa, like, what's, what's happening here? Like, it's always like that right balance. So I, I think, like, it's it can be tricky. And, and you know, there's these, it's just something, I'm always someone who's curious about, like, what people, like, how people do. Because, like, I think a lot of times, and that's a credit to you ladies who do it, like, I heard someone say, if you think something is easy, that means that they're really good at it. You know, like they make it look like, oh, anyone can do it. So that's how, like, you know, people are good at it because, you know, it's most likely not easy, but people make you think it is. So to me, that's where I'm like, that's really like, that's impressive. I like to like show people like, no, just because that session wrestler, you know, Mistress Madison makes it look easy. There's a lot goes into before you come up to that room, there's a lot that she has to do, you know, whether it's from travel or, you know, making sure to get back to emails and scheduling, like there's a lot that goes into it. So that's why I'm always like fascinated with like the different parts of the job, like that maybe people overlook. Yeah. I definitely think, I think one of the major personality traits that really helps in sessioning is being able to read I guess, read the room Uh and kind of like determine whether the way that you're doing the session is really what the client wanted or because ultimately we want them to be happy, but we also want to say safe. So um, that's always kind of, I don't know, kind of a tricky, tricky balance too. And I think that's, that's probably as good. Like you did went to and I'm not sure what you guys talked about in, in Tampa, but like it's good to kind of that's where like it you know, it can probably be you're traveling, it can maybe be lonely at times, or not lonely, but like like you're like in individualized, but like it's good to have those resources and connect with people to kinda of like get that vibe or like learn those kind of things. Yeah. Now, being that it's been, you know, five six months for you are there things that whether it's a it could be a type of session or just business slash potential whatever the case that like you're interested or eager to like try for like the future for like session wrestling for yourself um i i definitely want to get into doing more I guess, clips with some of the other girls. I get a lot of requests for it, but there's just not any near where I live. So um, trying to coordinate while I travel is sometimes kind of difficult, but um, definitely want to shoot with some of the other girls. Um, And also um, I've had some Dom sessions, but I kind of want to get more into that, not away from regular sessions, but just, um, I guess get more experience in that side of it. Oh, okay. More dominate. Like, do you do you like that? Like, is that something that like has always kind of interest you? Yeah. Well, that was there. I guess things that you're kind of more interested in trying out, like with like bondage or stuff like that, or um, just kind of all of it. Like, not really any one thing in particular. So is that going to be you probably because I think I and I have no idea, but there's probably like a mindset you have to get into, like when you're like, all right, Mistress Madison, 
and you have like a session, someone coming for session wrestling. Do you think like that same mindset's going to be, it's going to be similar if you start doing more dominatrix stuff or will it be like a different kind of mindset? Like, Oh, it's a totally different mindset. Fascinating. In what way? Um, most of my wrestling sessions, unless they specifically ask for domination and wrestling, um, they're more kind of like lighthearted and just, I guess, fun. Um, we usually end up talking in between matches and just like laughing and having a good time. But dom sessions are just more serious and... um for me, they require a little bit more mental preparation. Oh, okay. That's awesome. So is that some, so like for you, is that, cause you kind of, I think it's really cool. You just kind of like dove right into session wrestling <laughs> and kind of just feet to the pavement went running. Is that something that you're going to do the same with, or are you kind of like, kind of like try it, like test the waters a little bit and then promote that more? Or is it like you're, well, I've already go. I've already done a few of them. Um so I already have kind of tested the waters. Oh, cool. Um it's just a I don't know anyone in the like actual fetish community here in Austin. I know there is a community here, but I don't know anyone in it and with the pandemic, like things still haven't really opened up to normal, so um, I just haven't really had a chance to kind of uh, get into that. So I just have regular sessions that ask for Dom. Mm, that's really awesome. I think that's, just, to me, it's also just, it's cool on both ends. Like the, like you said, like reading the room slash like the, the psychology that kind of, that goes into both both parts. Yeah, I think the psychology of all of it is what's the most fascinating for me. Same, same. It, it's just really interesting. I think, like, I don't know, people kind of overlook that who are like tabooed on it and like you know don't want to don't want to understand. But it is, it, it is like the fascinating part of that. It's that mental connection that that two people are are really having. Yeah. And a lot of times it's kind of like therapy. I, I usually ask my clients like what, how that, how they got into sessions, or like what got them into it. And usually within a couple minutes of them kind of like describing their life, it just clicks and it's like ah, that's what it was. Yep. So you're saying even if like they don't exactly know, like you you can like click. You're like oh, that's it, or like they'll they know what it was kind of for you. Uh, some of them know what it was, but. Uh, some of them, I, they just tell me even just like what they do for a living. And I look at the session they had and I'm like, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, what's fascinating. And I remember some, a session wrestler telling me is, and maybe it's different. And I think that's, what's interesting about it. So maybe it's not, you know, like so somewhat universal, but a lot of people who she, her clientele were those in those like power positions or like leadership positions kind of and they just kind of wanted a part in their life to be submissive i don't know if that's like a lot of people have that for like a clientele, yeah. tell but like yeah that that's that. that's a lot of it yeah um, so fascinating yeah 
So same. So it's the same thing for you, kind of same. Same, like just a lot of guys who want to be dominated. Yeah, because they lack that in their life. Wow. And see, most people think now. Now, are they physically big guys, or are they kind of smaller, or? Um, that varies. I know one of my, uh, without going into too much detail, one of mm-hmm. my ball blasting clients is a police officer in his daily life. And so that one makes sense because he's used to, you know, being the authority. And, uh, so, um, flipping is what interests him. And then I had a, uh, client that asked for sissification and that was one of my dom sessions but um, once he started telling me about his life he's a firefighter and so again makes perfect sense because he's expected to be manly and you know rough and tough all day every day right. but he wants the opposite every once in a while so I think everyone just kind of craves what they don't have yeah. No, and um and I hope I'm not being like too personal with with this question. So let me let me know, but is that not I don't want to say a concern, but like to me it shouldn't. I mean, I everyone has their boundaries and like what they're comfortable with their like romantic partner doing, but like is that like a concern of yours? Um I think like people should be guys should be understanding and like understand like it, it's it's like want to like obviously like want to know what it is but understand that it doesn't it doesn't mean it's a romantic relationship or something goes down like that but like is that a concern like dating while doing sessions or be doing dom work oh for sure um dating has been kind of difficult to navigate um some guys are okay with it but most of them like as soon as you explain it they're like i'm out (laughs) 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 they just i don't i don't even know they don't ask questions they're just like yeah i I can't be with someone that does that and i'm like okay well bye (laughs) right and now for that like for that conversation, is that something that, like, because I've been, I was a, it's probably going to drop like later, like this coming week or early this week. I was a guest on a podcast like a, two weeks ago, and the the host she was asking me like, when do you? And not, now I'm not a session wrestler. I'm just someone who partakes in it. But like, when do you? And like I've done been met with dominatrices too. Like, when do you tell someone? Like who that's you're, what like, you're talking into. to, <laughs> like yeah, right, right. That's what I'm into. And I was like, yeah, you don't want to say is no one's business. Like the first night, the first date, or the first time you talk, whatever the case. But you want to do it earlier than later, and you know, so that way, because it's just a hard, it's hard, but it's a hard life where you, if you have to hide it, you know what yeah. I mean, and you have to like, and that's something that's like. It's it's going to come out in other like I you just seen it too many times and 
it comes out negatively in other ways when you have to do that. So that's why it's like uh, free. But on your end, like, when is that right time to like have conversations about it with that that person? You know what um, I mean? I I definitely try and do it sooner rather than later. Um, I'm not really dating right now because of this, but um, but yeah, it's it's easier when you can like kind of read someone and see. Cause you can tell whether someone is open-minded to stuff like that or whether they're just kind of stuffy where like all, all of it is sex work and it's just all lumped into one negative category for them. And obviously those are the people that are not going to be receptive to it. Right. Yeah. You know, I've heard, and I don't think I've ever asked any, so you, you'll be the first one, Madison, but like yeah. I've listened to other podcasts. <laughs> where people have asked someone who does sex work or they're in the porn, like, would you date a client or date a fan? And sometimes I, I could see like the negative in that, but maybe like the positives too. So would you date like, or be open to dating someone who is, I don't know, maybe not even like a fan of like, maybe they don't know you as much particular, like, Cause you don't want someone who's like, I'm obsessed with Mr. Madison, but like, <laughs> but like they're a fan of session wrestling or a fan of like dominatrix work. Like, is that something that like would be easier you think maybe than dating someone who's out of this world? I feel like it would be easier. You know, I kind of like, I, I thinking it like, I think so too. Like, like the, the porn, star as fascinating because that's where I don't know I don't know it but like and obviously I've been just so there's no judgment at all like hey it's I think it's you know as long as you're not hurting yourself or nobody that's cool but like it's just like that one I think I think I could have mean personally I could adjust to it but I could see that being harder but like for session wrestling or like dominatrix like yeah I think like it would probably if I can only imagine I'm not in your shoes, but I'm, I think it would be easier, kind of like, because at least then they they understand it right off the bat. Like, right? There's not really much I'd have to explain. And they kind of, they kind of ne- like, yeah, that's fast. I, I've never on the show asked anyone. I think I've, during sessions I've asked it, but never on the show have asked anyone if they've they've dated or something with somebody but no it's fascinating it's uh it is one of the reasons why i like having these comments but also wanting to kind of stop the taboo with it because i've had vanilla friends who are you know married and i've you know gone over to their house and you know husband and wife couple and they're you know innocently play like wrestling with each other and i've said to them i go what you're kind of doing, like just a small, like a, a the simplest version of what I do. I'm like, you're kind of doing it right there. I'm like, I'm like, now there's there's more conversations and like things that I do, but like you're that's what it is at its core, like with what you're doing. And so like, but you think like it's so like bizarre, but I'm like, <laughs> you realize every time I I've come over here, you guys you guys joke around and play wrestle. And I go, but I'm I'm the weird one. I go, okay. <laughs> you know. And that's that's just kind of how I want to like say it. To, I have said to people, I'm like that's that's what it is. Like, it, it, and there's no judgment when you do that. Like, like there shouldn't be. But 
there shouldn't be any judgment this way either. I agree. I mean, the same people that um, would probably judge me for doing this are the same people that go to strip clubs. And for me, like, I could never be a stripper. Right. I I don't, not in a disrespectful way. Um, I just, personally, I would not be comfortable prancing around on stage naked or mostly naked. So... Like, that's something that I couldn't do, but they're totally fine with that. But they think wrestling is weird. <laughs> yeah. No. And that's the, that's the thing. Like, it's just like trying to get them to, like, see, like, the hypocrisy when you break it all down. It's like, it's just really, like, dumb. And like, like you said, like, they're the same ones who, and sometimes, like, they're either watching WWE and watching, like, the, the, the women superstars there or they're watching like UFC match and either watching two guys grapple or two women grapple. And I'm like, but then you think this is weird, but like, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, it's like when you really put it like down to it, it's, it shouldn't be that way, but it's just, uh, yeah. Something that I, I hopefully in my small little, you know, this little platform, but kind of want to like knock that stigma down a little bit, you know? Yeah, I think that's a good thing. No. But so this has been really just awesome, like chatting it up with you. It's been been really cool. Yeah, it has. Now, is there, I guess one question I I like to ask people, sometimes I don't do it consistently. What's that something like when you want to like decompress? Because, you know, even if you're really passionate about whether it's session wrestling or kink or whatever like you have to kind of do things to make sure that you don't burn out because we could still burn out from things that we're passionate about so what are some fun things that you like to to do to kind of that like decompress from it and and anti-stressful um so i up until about a month ago i had a motorcycle and i've had motorcycles for 12 years so um i used to go riding but now I don't have a bike. So <laughs> what kind of, <laughs> like I said that now I don't have a bike. <laughs> uh so now that's a good question. Um I really just spend a lot of time at home with my dog. Cause I know it's rough on him when I travel. So Oh, what kind of what, I, kind, what kind of dog a, do you have? He's a multi poo. He's kind of old. He's 12 and a half. Oh, wow. So when I am home, I try to spend as much time as I can with him. Okay, that's awesome. How Have you always been a dog person or is this something more recent? No, I've always been a dog person. I've had him for 11 years. Wow. Okay. And you're always a small dog person or you like, got, have you had big or... No, I kind of, how I acquired him, (laughs) I sort of adopted him, but I didn't really pick him. Um, He picked me. Oh, okay. I was, when I was living in Austin the first time around, um, I was working at a dog boarding and training facility here. And they also did dog daycare. And his owners dropped him off to board and then called two days later and said they didn't want him anymore and that... um, the staff there at the boarding facility needed to find him a home. Mm. So basically they just like kicked him out and abandoned him. And 
he was really in sad shape um, physically and he was not socialized with other dogs. He didn't know what toys were. Um, he, I don't think had ever been groomed and he, he was just a mess. He was a mess. (laughs) So my boss came to me and she was like, Hey, you know, Jasper, um, that's not his name now. I changed it, but right. She was like, so Jasper's owners don't want him anymore. And I was wondering if you wanted him. (laughs) And I kind of looked at him and he looked like a really dirty mop. He couldn't see because like his hair was all in his eyes. And I was like, um, can I groom him first? And she was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to have a problem with that. I mean, they don't want him. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I spent eight hours grooming him. Uh, That's how bad he was. And after that, like I took him home. And we've just kind of been inseparable ever since. Okay. That's and awesome. started getting socialized with the other dogs because I would take him to work there with me. And then he learned how to play with toys and how to be a real dog. So he's been the best thing ever. That's great. No, that's really cool. Um, especially I'm trying to, I'm in that process looking to try to get a dog myself. So that's really that's that's really awesome um cuz having having had dogs i've been close to and but during the pandemic kind of was like that wake up call like yeah i kind of i want man's best friend back in my life i'm, I'm missing <laughs> i'm missing i'm missing a dog yeah yep. so no that's really it's really cool and just the impact that they have you know you you helped your dog but the your your dog also is helping you too. So like, it's really definitely so he cool. has been, he's been my little rock. That's awesome. Now what you've mentioned, like the bike riding, were you a Harley or like a smaller bike? Like what kind of bike were you, were you riding? I've always had sport bikes. I've had dirt bikes too, but oh, okay. Um, my first bike was a Ninja 250. That's what I learned on. And then I got a Ninja 650. And then a couple different dirt bikes. And then uh, the most recent one that I sold was a Honda CBR 600. Wow. Okay. Awesome. And the only reason I sold it was because um, I was gone so much that I wasn't really riding much. And um, the used bike market right now is absolutely insane. So I sold it for way more than I bought it for. No, absolutely. Yeah, I'm... My dad has a uh, an old um, an old Honda bike, and we're trying to. He doesn't ride it anymore, and I was like, told him like a few months ago, go on, you could probably get something back. And then we, I went on with him to see, and I was like, whoa, you can you can get a lot back more than yeah. I, I would have <laughs> thought. So he he became on board a hundred percent once he saw that. Now it's a, uh, I got to get the bike ready to sell. Now it's like he's he's passionate and ready to go. I was like, oh, now you're listening, okay telling you this for two years but (laughs) (laughs) better late than never better late than never good time to sell yep yep but no this is this has been so cool and and now where um so people can see you on only fans yes and that's something how has that been for you i know you did it in the past with 
pictures of you lifting, but has that been pretty a pretty cool like transition to like kind of like show like some more of your session slash dom stuff on there? Yeah, it's been great. Um I don't really have any complaints. Um other than I do get a lot of custom requests for X rated content and I don't produce any of that, so I just kind of have to tell them like I don't offer that, sorry. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. But other than that, um OnlyFans has been great. Okay, cool, cool. So that's where one place people can see you and Yes, there's you... a lot of video clips on there. All right. So a lot of lot of video clips to see Mistress Madison on and she's on All Star Smother, their clips page and grappling Girl. gap grappling girls grappling yes. girls clips page as well so if you want yeah. to go see her and keep up with her sessiongirls.com page to see where she's traveling and if she's uh coming to a, a spot near you definitely and now if people say like someone was like they're in oh god make it, i'll make it up a city like uh seattle and that's not on your schedule like in the near like upcoming like month or two like if people say like hey will you come out here and if they're like i'll 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 pay for your flight or pay whatever the case may be like is that something that like are you open to as well or is it kind of like more stick to the for, for, for fans like just stick to the schedule um so that's exactly what happened with denver um I had one person reach out that was like, Hey, I'll sponsor your trip if you come out here. Cause I wasn't planning on going to Denver cause I hadn't had any requests for there. Um, so that's what we did. He did sponsor it. And then a couple other people ended up booking during that trip too. So it made it, um, more worthwhile, but yeah, I'm definitely for trips. And, and also if it's a, and I have kind of like a running list of requests, and I will add it to that and then add their contact information so that if I get enough people that are interested in the same city, then I can just go ahead and add it to the schedule. Awesome. Okay, great. Great. So I'm, I'm, ex- I'm glad you're, you know, you're in the, the, the session slash dominatrix industry. Like it's really cool. I'm glad like you're uh you took that plunge and you're, you're, you're so far, it seems just from everything, like it's, it's so natural for you and you're doing great. So like, hope it continues for you. I hope so too. It's been awesome so far. No, that's awesome. So, you know, everyone be on the look for Mistress Madison, also Curves and Chaos. So, cause she's going to be doing great things in the near future. So it's, uh, she's already doing great things, but going to be doing even greater things. So um, I'm excited for you. So thank thank you you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. So for the one and only Mistress Madison, I'm D-Rock. Thank you guys for listening to the After Hours Sessions podcast.